How you doing today? You doing all right? I hope so. I hope you have somebody in your life who's asking you that question. How you doing? But maybe you're listening today and you have this sinking feeling deep down in the pit of your stomach, feeling that I don't measure up. And maybe it's because there's a task that you've been given that is too big for you, too difficult for you to accomplish. You don't know how you're going to do what you've been given to do, and you don't have a whole lot of hope for any of that to change in the immediate future. Is that you? Is that where you are? There are stories in the Bible about people who felt very inadequate, not up to the task ahead, scared, afraid, doubting. And you can not only gain encouragement from their example, you have the same power available to you today that they had then. Do you believe that? I'm not asking do you believe it in your head. I know if you've read the Bible and you're a Christian, you go to church, you're supposed to say yes. My question to you is, if you've got something in front of you, you don't know how to do. Do you really believe in your heart that God is powerful enough to aid you, to help you, to empower you. We'll talk about that with former pastor, now author and speaker, president of Keep Believing Ministries. I love that name. Dr. Ray Pritchard is with us from the land of expectancy, a land of hope, that this will be the year after 50 years. We'll talk about that straight ahead. And our goal today is to encourage you in some way you didn't expect. May God reach into your heart today. That's why this is not an interview program. I don't, I don't do an interview program. This is a, uh, a daily spiritual quest that we are on, you and me, to uncover the truth about God and the truth about ourselves and how to live in a world of constant conflict and distraction and noise and stuff that is coming at you. Can, is God really there? Does he really care? We deal about with those uh, things every day. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, the visit's free. There's an open chair for you at the Radio Backyard Fence. We call it Chris Fabry Live. I'll let you figure out why. The website's chrisfabrylive.org. Helping out today, Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Trisha's our producer. Pappy's in the chair. Clara is with us today to answer your call. Say hi to Clara. And before we get to our guest, our topic today, the interview, it's not an interview, uh, it's the 29th of January. Look at your calendar. 29th, look at your watch, whatever you uh, look at, however you do that. Tomorrow's the 30th. That means Friday is the last day of January. That means I have three days to make my case about becoming a back fence friend. I hear a lot of people, moms and dads, I hear them say, I wish we could put down the phones. I wish we could spend some meaningful time together as a family. I'd, I want to get away from the TV. I want to make, make some memories And I don't think you do that unless you choose. You have to choose to do that. It has to be intentional. So I thank you all this month, meaning for three more days, is Randy Southern's book, 52 Uncommon Family Adventures. Call and give a gift of any size. Yesterday, Dawn in Tennessee went above and beyond. Dawn, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping us move toward our goal. Uh, Let me thank you for your help that keeps us going. Cause I, the chair is free to join us, but nothing. My dad said nothing in life's free. Chris, uh, help us provide more than an interview every day. Go to Chris live.org. I looked yesterday. Most people who give take advantage of the website. So I'm just so glad it's there 24 hours a day. You can hear the program and uh, download the podcast. Chris live.org. Click back fence friend down to bottom. We'll send you, 
52 Uncommon Family Adventures. If you'd rather call, we got that for you too. one 953 or 866-95-FABRY. Did I mention there are only three days left? <laughs> it's true. Thanks for being a back fence friend. All right, pull up a chair with Dr. Ray Pritchard, president to Keep Believing Ministries, spoken around the world. He pastored churches for more than 25 years in L.A. and Dallas and Chicago. Our featured resource was published just a couple of weeks ago, Next Man Up, Building the Future God's Way. Dr. Ray Pritchard, joining us from the land of hope and expectation. How are you? Oh, that oh, that is so well put. Coming to you folks from Kansas City, where the whole city is on pins and needles. I had to go to a, because the Super Bowl, right? I had to go to the doctor today, a little appointment, just a checkup of things, you know. But the whole hospital and the doctors and the nurses and the orderlies and the staff decked out in, in Kansas City Chiefs, red and yellow and posters everywhere. And as I was checking out after my appointment, the, the the fellow who was checking me out, we were we were talking over not my appointment or what the doctor said. We were talking over what the Chiefs have to do to win this Sunday. Yeah. So yes, this is very definitely the land of of hope, expectation, and probably some extra prayers going up this week. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it will be. You know, this is these two teams. These are really really good teams. It's one of oh, the yeah. years where it's like you know the, these have been two of the best teams, if not the best teams. Uh, to, to then battle it out then on for that final game of the year. So that'll be fun. I, and I was you thinking, the, you know, I should have somebody from San Francisco on here to give equal uh-huh. time, you know? <laughs> well, yes. But, but, but while I have the microphone, let's just say that you've got the best offense and probably the best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes going up against unquestionably the best defense. And as you were saying to me before the program started, defense is how you win championships. Yeah. And so the Chiefs better come strap it up, ready to play. It's going to be a great game, no yes. doubt about it. And the whole city is just gone gaga. I, I went to the supermarket yesterday to get some stuff for the Super Bowl party. And the whole front, the front, uh, Chris, was was uh, was Kansas City Chief popcorn and tortilla chips <laughs> in their colors and, and pajamas and sweatshirts. And even I saw Patrick Mahomes, the great quarterback, he's got his own cereal. Mahomes Magic <laughs> Crunch Sugar Frosted Flakes. They actually came in last week, sold out completely, and had to go back to wherever they're, wherever that stuff is made. And the second shipment was coming in yesterday. So yes, we're things are out of control or off the off the chain here in Kansas City. Well, we need a little bit of that, you know, that lightness with some of the news that has been going on. And that's, that's, you know, that's fun. And I'm so glad for, it's been 50 years for Kansas City. So, uh, it's, it's easy to pull for Kansas City as far as I'm concerned. Now, uh, here's the deal. This book, I've seen it, Next Man Up. You begin with a football analogy in that, right? I mean, when, when coaches, have a player who goes down like Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback or a running back, who it is, if a, if a player quits the team, if a player gets in trouble, if a player gets hurt, what does the coach say? Next man up. Doesn't matter who you are, but you better be ready. You better have your helmet by your side. You better be ready to strap it up and get in the game because you'd never know when God is going to say to you, next man up. And that's really the theme of the book that uh, is based on the whole story of Joshua who followed Moses, Moses, the great man. I mean, Moses, 
Who's like Moses? Yeah. And where does, where does the book of Joshua begin? Moses, my servant is dead. Okay, guess what, Joshua? Now's your time. You are the next man up. So I find just a tremendous encouragement. Uh, yeah, the athletic metaphor really helps me think about, are you ready? Are you, are you ready when the moment comes? Cause I tell you what, Chris, sooner or later it comes for all of us. It's going to be your time, your moment to get in the game. Are you ready to go? Maybe God has given you that today. You are the next man, the next woman up. You need to stand up and, and jump into the fray and you are afraid. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what's going to happen. I want you to hear the reason why. And we talked about this with Ray's bike accident as this whole thing was happening. He was thinking about, he'd been thinking about this for a long time. I want you to hear that story. We'll take a break. I'm going to open the phone lines too. If you are the person feeling very inadequate for the task ahead, I want to hear from you today and I want you to listen to what Ray has to say. Next Man Up is our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. And here's our number, 877-548-3675. President of Keep Believing Ministries, Dr. Ray Pritchard, is back with us today. He comes here periodically. We have these conversations at the Radio Backyard Fence that I hope encourage you, especially today, if you feel so inadequate. Next Man Up, Building the Future God's Way is our featured resource. I was thinking in the break, Ray, that that there is a grace to inadequacy. There's a grace to feeling like this is too big for me. Because most of the time we run on our own fumes, and maybe I'm projecting on everybody else, but <laughs> we, you can run on your own fumes. You can do things in your own power and say, I got this, God. Well, you know, I'll wait for something big to happen. When you come to a place of inadequacy, it is God showing you what is really you know, has always been there, and that is you're not up to the task. I want to help you with it. Do you resonate with that? You know, we, we like to quote the words of Jesus, without me you can do nothing. But it's mostly theoretical, Chris, when we say that, until you find yourself at the end of your rope, until you find all the props of life have been knocked out. When the doctor says, uh, I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do, when a loved one passes away, when you lose a job, when the money runs out, that's that's when you really find out the deep truth that Jesus was teaching us, that every day, whether we realize it or not, without him we can do nothing. But it is a good thing, I think, from time to time to be brought back to that sense of utter hopelessness and utter despair. How does that saying go? You'll never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when Jesus is all you have, then and only then you'll discover Jesus really is all that you need. And there are moments for all of us Crisis points in life where everything is stripped away and there's nothing left but God. And in those moments, we find out, is God really enough? Will Jesus come through for us? And, and let's say, Chris, also, it's scary. Nobody, nobody volunteers to go down into that valley. And we're not saying anybody should, but sooner or later, we all end up in the furnace of affliction. We all end up in the valley of sorrow. We all end up in the place of loss and despair. And the Lord does that for many reasons, but one of them is to cause us to turn up and look to him. And when we do, we find out that uh, the God who is always there is still there when we need him most. 
The problem with that is, Ray, and again, I'm going from personal experience. Sure. The, the struggle is, I want, tell me how to get out of this. Tell me how to stop the pain. Tell me how to stop the bleeding and the struggle and the, you know, whether it could be a relational thing or a financial thing or job, you know, it could, it could be just about anything. And we think that God is there to get us out of this in our own timetable. Uh, and if he doesn't do that, then he's let me down. And, and there's something bigger that is going on here rather than just making me comfortable. You know, if you go and read the New Testament, the, the prayers of Paul in the New Testament, they're a real tonic for the, the sort of anemic prayers that most of us pray most of the time. Lord, bless this. Lord, bless that. Lord, help me. Lord, rescue me. Even the desperate prayers. Lord, this really hurts. Would you, would you stop it? Would you stop it? Would you make it go away? Then you read Paul and he's in chains and nowhere is he saying, pray that I I'll be released or get out of here quickly, but pray that I might be faithful so that I can proclaim Christ where I am. And, and I gotta say, it takes a certain kind of spiritual maturity to pray that way. And I'm not thinking, I'm, I guess I'm confessing, I'm not always in that place myself. I don't think it's wrong when the pain is so great to pray that it will be taken away. Sure. I don't think it's wrong at all to pray that circumstances will change because our God is in charge of all of that. But in the end, at some point, we have to say, Lord, I bow before you. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's the hardest prayer any of us will ever pray. And I think for most of us, God is going to bring us back to that prayer again and again and again, because it's the prayer that ultimately leads to freedom and change and transformation. The other struggle that I have, and this is one of the, the recurring themes that we come back to, is it's wild how this happens. But that is, um, I, if you will just help me understand this, God, if yeah. you if I can fit my pain and my struggle and my inadequacies into a place where I can see, oh, well, you're going to do this and that and the right. other thing, then my faith is placed in that which I can understand rather than placed in the God who walks with me through the fire. You know, I've been greatly helped by something John Piper said in one of his sermons, one of his books. He said, you know, at any given moment, God is probably doing, and he said, just to pull a number, God is doing 10,000 different things in your life at any given moment. And then he said, at our best, we may see three of those things. And you know, that resonates with my spirit. Even on a good day, Chris, yeah. maybe I get to four. Maybe I get to five, right? <laughs> but 9,995 of them that God is doing, that are real, that are divine, that are intentional, that are sovereign, they are completely hidden from my view and, frankly, will be hidden from my view and will not be revealed to me until finally in some glorified state I am with the Lord and am able to understand the bigger picture of what God is doing. Yes. It somehow comforts me to be able to say, even when I think I know what God is doing, and, and I'm certain God allowed this for some purpose, you know what we're like, Chris? We're like little kids. We're looking through a keyhole, and we just barely see through the keyhole. We think, oh, that's the whole picture. No, no, no. That's just a tiny sliver of the great panorama of what God is doing. And uh, I, I was just reading today in Romans 8, you know, for if we if we – Hope for what we do not see. We look forward to it with great anticipation. And that incredible verse, I'm still thinking about this, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present life, 
in, in the Greek, it's, it's, an, it literally, it's now time for, I'm convinced, I've reckoned, I've considered that the sufferings of this present moment, they're not even worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. And I just, I read that and I go, boy, there's so much suffering. There's so much pain. There's, there's so much sadness. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much confusion and all the rest of it, Chris, in this world. And Paul just says, I've done the math. <laughs> I've done the math. And whatever you want to say about the sufferings of this life, the glory is so great. It can't even be compared. And so in hope, maybe we see two or three things and the rest of it, we say with eager anticipation, come Lord Jesus, because yeah. I, I can't wait to see the rest the rest of the picture and hear the rest of the story. Uh, having open hands, you know, to him at life is so important. I was reading, you mentioned Romans, I was reading Exodus today, and uh, the fellow that we're going to talk about was involved in this, and Moses is given these commandments, and it's very important, it seems, that God tell him, you won't, don't have any other gods before me, don't make a graven image, and, and look at what they do, you know, don't, right. anything in the sea or the land, don't, <laughs> don't make it, and look what, you know, look what happened. But it was very important not to, for, for God to tell people, don't make something that you th- think that I am and bow down to it. I am. <laughs> I am who I am, what <laughs> right, I am, right. that I am. And and that's exactly what we do. I don't make a graven image, but I cast God into who I think he ought to be and how I think he ought to work in my life. And and I go running toward the things that I can understand you know, in my life. Of, well, this must have happened for this, and this happened over here. And so if it all fits, then I, I, can, I can understand it. Then I can trust God. And God says, no. No, you don't get it. You've got to trust me even when you do, especially when you don't understand, right? Which, frankly, is going to be most of the time. No, <laughs> it's really going to be all the time. I mean, even, Chris, when we think we understand, we know so little. That, so I tie that Exodus and Romans back together, that we got to live in hope. We've got to find a way to hope with eager expectation for a better day, that is to come. Because frankly, I think what it means is, uh, you know, you can have all that money and you can be one of the greatest players of all time. And then the helicopter is in the fog. And then suddenly, and the whole world has been, you know, so many millions of people have been plunged into sadness and sorrow. And I don't even know. I can't explain any part of that. I cannot explain any part of that. And if I think about it, oh, you know, maybe you can come say, well, mechanical this or fog or weather. But in the big picture, why this should happen this way, we don't know. There's a question mark over all of life, and those question marks are not going to be answered until we finally stand in the presence of the Lord. And let me say one other word, and I'll be quiet about this. But you know what? If you can't live with those question marks, you can hardly be a Christian at all. If you can't If you can't say with Paul that I see the sufferings, I see it all around me, and it breaks my heart. I mean, we just had the Holocaust Remembrance Day, and there's so much. There's so much, Chris, that goes on. And yet, if we can't say there is a bigger picture here, we don't see it or understand it, but we are waiting for that day to come. The essence of Christianity is to say there is a better day coming, and we are going to live in hope and eager anticipation of the day when finally the questions will be answered, and it really won't be a It's probably just a logical answer. We will look in the face of Jesus, and with whatever ineffable wisdom and 
and brilliance and the beauty of it all, he will make it clear. And we'll spend eternity in praise to God. I, I think it was Jonathan Edwards who, you know, people wonder, what are we going to do for all eternity? And one of Jonathan Edwards' answers was, we're going to sit under the tree, so to speak, and we're going to discuss how the tragedies and sorrows of life are beautifully wrapped into the brilliance and the glory of God's plan, because we will see then what we do not see now. And that faith is what enables us to keep going. And I think, honestly, mm-hmm. if you don't have that kind of faith, you're probably going to walk away from the church and from Christianity altogether. Yeah, And be disappointed in a God that wasn't there to begin with. <laughs> you know, right? right. In a, in a, because your concept of who God is, if 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 you're walking away from Him because He didn't do what you thought, your concept of Him is not who He is. It's who you thought He was or who you wanted Him to be. Um, and you just mentioned the memorial yesterday, seventy five years since the liberation of Auschwitz. I saw a statistic this morning, and you know what are statistics, but. The, the, the Nazi regime, this was in an email that I received from a friend of mine. The Nazi regime established more than 44,000 incarceration sites during the Third Reich. And I, I'd never seen that for, wait a minute, 44,000. Wow. So I looked it oh. up and, you know, did a search. So that can't be right. right. I've got to tell my friend right, that's right. wrong. And it's like the, the unearthing of all of these different, you know, we know about Auschwitz and Dachau and Birkenau and Ravensbrück and all of that. But there were thousands and thousands of, you know, the machine, the killing machine that rolled across that nation with the intent to exterminate was just amazing. So how dare we forget what happened there and, you know, to to at least give – talk about it a little bit here. I'm glad that you brought that up, Ray. Um, Well, there's a – there's – you can't see me, Chris. I'm waving my hands in a circle in the air. I'm doing this on the radio. I'm waving my hands in a circle to say, what a mystery. What a mystery. What – what monstrous evil was let loose in our world 70-plus years ago, and uh, we don't have the answers for that. And, uh, you know, I don't, even, I, don't even care to, I don't even care to speculate. I just wait. I just wish to say that there are answers that will be revealed. That's the Christian hope, yeah. that we hope for things that we do not see. I've got some... Oh, gosh, Chris, I've got a friend who's in terrible trouble today of his own making. Mm. And, uh, oh, it's so sad. It's, it's been hitting me all week. It's been the whole thing that came revealed to me this week. He's a dear friend for over 40 years. Wow. And why, 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 how, how could you, how, what were you? Did you not? And there was an, you know, I, I thought I knew him really well, but there's other things. And God has got him where he has to be. Okay, mm. God's got him where he has to be so that in my dear friend's life, there can someday be redemption and healing and real change. But boy, it's all, we're, we're, we're near the bottom right now. And my heart's been just moved and troubled, and I stayed awake thinking about that. But finally, uh, I have to say my grace is sufficient, not just for my problems, but God's grace is sufficient for all the unanswered questions of life. 
for which Chris every week brings yet another long list of really unanswered questions. But either we believe. We we live in hope, as Romans 8 says. I mean, we've really been I mean, grabbing onto that this week. We either live in hope or we probably just end up walking away because I don't believe you can stand up and preach away all the doubts that people have, but at least we can point people toward God and say, there's a place to take your questions and your doubts and to rest them with a God who's both merciful and sovereign and gracious and loving. A God who, really the great question is not, is there a God, but does God know what he's doing? That's really the yeah. great question. Yeah. Does it God really know what he's doing? Because uh, there's a lot of stuff gone haywire in this world. And the answer from the Bible is, uh, don't be dismayed and don't be worried God is on his throne. He's working out his plan. He knows what he is doing, and he is doing it, and the end, all will be well. I'm I'm happy with that answer. I can sleep tonight with that answer, with all the other stuff that troubles me that I see around me. I'm really glad that you shared that, and, and the conversation has kind of taken a turn right there. And um, I want to ask you, as you listen here today, uh, are you in – some situation that you didn't think you'd be in, um, maybe because of your own doing or for some other thing that has happened and you, you didn't plan to be here. You didn't plan to be where you are. Do you believe that God has you where you are today? God, God has you there. And is, could it be that he has you right where he needs you to be? Um, as I mentioned a little earlier, this whole conversation came, is coming about because of an accident that Ray had, and he looked deeply into this story of Joshua. I'm going to get to that, but I want you to kind of hang that over your rearview mirror right now. Could it be that God has you right where he needs you to be? More straight ahead on Moody Radio. Ray Pritchard is right. God has you where he needs you to be today. As difficult as that may be, or as good as that may be, God has you where he needs you to be. Our featured resource by Ray is Next Man Up. It's only been out a couple of weeks, uh, subtitled Building the Future God's Way. It's the story of Joshua. Uh, We'll tell you how it fits in here. But here's some really good news. If you do the e-reader thing, uh, we have a link. The ebook is free for the next five days, uh, Next Man Up. So we have a link right there at chrisfabrylive.org. Some people say, hey, I can't find it. Just go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, and click through to today's information. Then you'll be able to hear it again. You'll be able to see the links and uh, all that as well. You can support us there at the website as well. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. I remember – as we were talking about this, you had a friend, it wasn't Harry Ballback. Who was it that said to you, you need it to write there? Was it Harry yeah. Ballback? It was. It was Harry Ballback, right? He's, you know, after I had my infamous bike accident and, well, we did a whole show about it last yes. a year ago, you know, that Several dumb, <laughs> that dumb thing I did, you know, and we talked about that and, you know, riding on the ice on my bike and, and then going down and, breaking all those bones and three surgeries and, and all of that. Here's the one who called me up and said, Ray, just remember, you didn't have an accident. You had an incident. There are no accidents for the children of God. We don't have accidents. We have incidents. 
And I thought, you know, that's that's just another way of saying Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. God, that nothing happens by chance or fate. Even the worst things that happen to the people of God, they they come from the hand of God. They are working together for our good and God's glory, which when you're down there on the ice, right? And that's just one kind of thing. But when you're struggling with cancer or there's a serious marriage problem or even more deeply, your your children are in trouble or your grandchildren are struggling, it's very hard to, to say, Lord, where are you? But the truth is that... Uh, that God is at work. He's not wasting anything, not your tears, not your pain, not even your anger, not even your doubts. None of that is wasted. All of that is working together for our good and his glory. The point being, kind of the point you made earlier, we won't see it usually while we're going through it. We only understand that generally sometime later, looking back and we say, oh, now, oh, wow. I see God's fingerprints were all over that. I thought I was all alone, and then uh, uh, God was there bringing me through. Yeah. Why Joshua? What is it well, about that that character, that person? Well, okay, for years I had um, thought I want to do something with Joshua. Just went thought of it and never got around to it. Well, last year, without that bike accident, this book doesn't happen because I was suddenly laid up for three months and really couldn't do anything. It was just in the recliner, 24 hours a day. And, you know, God has his ways, Chris. You know, he can ring your phone or mine anytime he wants, day or night, and and we're not going to put him on call waiting. Well, when I was riding over the ice, God rang my phone, and he said, so why don't you just sit down for a while and rest, and let's get this healed up. And out of that, just sitting there in the recliner, what do you know? I started reading the Bible, always a good thing to do. And like everybody, I'd read through Joshua. But it's, that's the wonderful thing about the Word of God. You can read some passage 50 times, but then on the 51st time, it, it bursts forth with brand new glory and light and truth. And I read Joshua, and I said, whoa, whoa, what a man, what a story, and really, what a God. Because the whole book opens right there at the very, 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 very beginning. Moses, my servant, is dead. That's really bad news because Moses was a really big. You know, it's like saying, okay, Spurgeon is dead. Who's next? Dale Moody's gone. Who's next? Billy Graham is gone. Who's next? Well, you've got Moses, the man who went up on the mountain and talked with God, who who called down the ten plagues and led them across the Red Sea and through the, through the wilderness. He's dead. Now, he's dead. Joshua, don't complain. Don't worry. Get up and lead my people into the promised land. And clearly, in chapter 1 of Joshua, he's scared. He's overwhelmed. He's overmatched. How do I know that? Because God has to say over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not. And then he says about three or four times, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Why? Because Joshua felt unequal to the task. And who really who really wants to follow a guy like Moses, you know, a life like that? And yet God said, look, God said, if you will just get up and lead my people, if you'll not take counsel of your fears, but if you'll trust in me, if you'll if you'll take my word and hide it in your heart, if if you will decide you're going to trust me, you can lead these people across the Jordan River and into the promised land. And it's the story of how a man who really at the beginning felt inadequate is raised. He becomes Joshua was God's mm-hmm. next man 
up. What an encouragement, Chris. What a, what a great thought. I, I don't have to be Moses. I can't. I don't have to be Spurgeon or Moody or Lloyd Jones or, or Billy Graham. I can't. I can't, I can't be any of those people, but I can be the man God has called me to be. And to those who are listening, you don't have to be anybody else. You know what they say? Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Okay. That's true. There's, you know, Chris, there's a, you know, that little joke. It's, it's true. Be who God has called you to be. Don't take counsel of your fears. Walk in faith and you will see God begin to do amazing things. So I see this as kind of a, among many other things, it's a, it's a story about the faithfulness of God, the frailty of man, and the faithfulness of God, and how miracle after miracle after miracle happens because ordinary people decided to trust an extraordinary God. So I got listen, Bingo. you're Bingo. you're half God. I didn't have anything about. It. I didn't know about all this stuff. You know, like Joshua, but boy, you start reading this, and man, what a message! What a message we all need to hear because who among us? really feels adequate? Who among us really feels that strong? Who really feels you're equal to what is in front of you? I got uh, good news and bad news. The bad news is you aren't equal, and the good news is that's okay because God is. Mm. If you're willing to admit that you were not equal to the challenges before you, God says, now watch what I will do. Okay? This is really the background of the program, Ray, uh, was – if you're not equal to the task, you know, come on, there's there's something for you here. Um, it's not about your ability. It's not even about how much faith you have. It is what are you willing to place your faith in? Because in that first chapter, uh, God says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. And God says the same thing to you and me today, that same presence, that withness that Joshua experienced, you and I can experience even into an even greater depth in one sense because of the Holy Spirit. God is with you. And you know, one part of this, Chris, where it has to begin, you got to let go of the past. You can't live in the past. We've got to remember the past. We've got to learn from the past. We've got to honor the past, right? But you can't live there. What did, what did, what's the very first thing? Moses is dead. Now arise and get ready to lead my people across the Jordan River. If you, if you decide to live in the past, you're never going to, you're never going to rise up. If you decide to live in the past and in the memories of the past, you're never going to go forward to do all that God has for you. I, in the book, I mentioned this, uh, first law of spiritual progress, three simple statements. I can't go back. I can't stay here. I must go forward. You can't go back either to correct the past or to relive its glories. You can't stay where you are because life is like a river that moves endlessly onward. But the one thing all of us can do, we can say, Lord, by your grace and in your strength and for your glory, I am going to go forward with you and for you today. And I think that's the real Joshua spirit. Uh, Moses is dead. Lord, we're going to follow you. And we're going to fight the battles for you. We're going to go down to the river. We're going to march around uh, the walls of Jordan. We know. We Jericho. know. That, yeah, <laughs> you said the walls you. of Jordan. Yeah, the, the, the walls of Jordan. Right, the, the, the walls of Jericho. We're going to march around those walls. We know, Lord, they're not going to fall without you. But you're not going to bring them down unless we march. If we do our part, Lord, you said you'd do yours. 
And so that's the great test. Are you willing to march around the walls of Jericho believing that in God's time they're going to come down? So I think tremendous lessons of faith, hope, and obedience and trust and letting go of the past and moving forward with God. So, yeah, I'm yeah, jazzed up about the, this book. It's good. Look at the problems, though, Ray. Look, you know, it's be strong and courageous. I will be with you. It's haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So it's like, Joshua, okay, good. And then what do you do? You The spies go in. And <laughs> and ten of them say, we can't do this. You see how tall they are. You see how big this is. There's right, no right. way. And then there's just two, Joshua being one of them, who says, no, no, remember what he said. So what do you do when it seems like, you know, and you can look at the, the wandering around, when it seems like God has put you in with people that <laughs> that don't believe, <laughs> you know, and you're struggling with that. I want to talk about that. And uh, I promise we'll we'll open the phone lines too. Is this is this touching a nerve in your soul today? 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. Ray Pritchard on with us today on Chris Fabry Live. Hope our conversation is hitting you right between spiritual eyes today and helping you uh, open the eyes of your heart. Uh, I mentioned a little earlier, 52 Uncommon Family Adventures, three more days. We can make that available to Backfence friends. If you become a Backfence partner and give a gift each month, then you get my Backfence post. I send it out every Thursday. It's a video. And on a future Backfence post, you're going to see this fellow, probably Dr. Ray Pritchard, so if you want to give, just go to the website. It's the easiest way to do to get all the information, chrisfabrylive.org, F-A-B-R-Y, chrisfabrylive.org. Click Back Fence Friend or Back Fence Partner, and thanks for your support. Next man up is Dr. Ray Pritchard's new book. We have a link there for the next five days. It's free in digital form. If you want the printed version, that's that's different. But if you have a digital device, that's free for the next uh, four or five days. Linda called from Chicago and has been hanging on. Linda, what did you want to say today? Hi. I just want to say that for the past three years, I have been going through various trials. And I thought of the verse uh, James 1, 2 through 8. And when it says to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And you know, knowing there's a testing of your faith and it produces patience. And I can say that I have joy because of everything that God has done as I went through those trials. You know, he has been with me. He has made a way out of no way. He has just really uh, brought me through. And I can really relate to that verse, count it all joy. So I just wanted to share that. I'm glad you did, because what you just said, made a way out of no way, that, that fits right in what Joshua was going through, right, Ray? Well, in the end, and every day, what Linda said is true. We face a no way, and we either walk away and say, okay, there is no way, or we trust God, we take a step, and suddenly the no way becomes a way. And you know, uh, Chris, I can hear in Linda's voice, you can hear the joy in her voice, and you only get that by doing what James says, by counting, by deciding, by reckoning. By counting it up on all sides and saying, Lord, you're doing something, and I don't see what it all is, 
but you are good and you are faithful. I find it helpful, Chris, in those moments when the world is falling apart, not to look at my problems, but to which they're always there, but to remind myself of who God is and what he has done and what yes. the Lord Jesus has done and the Holy Spirit and the promises. If you recite the promises of God enough, uh, eventually that joy from heaven will fill your heart because you will remind yourself God's doing something even though I don't see the big picture right now, which I think is part of what James 1 is telling us. The thing that encourages me about that is that Christianity is not a, and you just said, you know, you you forget what was behind. You're not saying that Joshua forgot all of the Ten Commandments or what oh, Moses right. went through right. or what the Red Sea or what happened in Egypt. You're not saying you forget that. Christianity is not stick your head in the sand and say, all of this that's happening to me is not really happening it's not just you know uh, d- doing some kind of a psychological uh, jumping through the hoops. It's based in reality. Yeah, what I'm going through right now really stinks, but I, I'm hanging on to God in the middle of it. You know, we, we have friends who go through this all the time. A, a wife and husband have been married for 50 years. Suddenly he's gone to heaven. What will happen to me now? A beloved pastor leaves the church. What will happen to us now? The founder of a ministry moves on or is called to heaven. What will happen to us now? To say we don't live in the past just means we we take all the promises, we take all the lessons, we learn all we can. We thank God for the past, and then we then we pull up the tent pegs and we head down to the Jordan River because that's where the miracles are. To live in the past just means you refuse to go forward because. You are fearful of the future. And I think Joshua is saying, if the Jordan River is where the miracles really begin. So remember the past and be glad for it, but get ready because God has greater things for us in the future if we're willing to trust him. If you're talking to somebody like you mentioned just a minute ago about your, you know, the, the, the person that's heavy on your heart. Right. And you, th- that person says, you know, all is lost. Everything is, has been jettisoned. I don't even know if God cares about me now or could care because of all the mistakes I've made, et cetera, et cetera. What do you say to that person? There's no easy answer there, Chris. But the one thing I would say, what I would say to my dear friend, I would say, you are where you are in part by a long string of really bad choices. But you are where you are because God has allowed this. You are where you need to be. Stand still. Don't fight against what God is doing. That's so hard, Chris, for all of us. But don't fight against what God is doing because, as the wise man said, your arms are too short to box with God. You'll Mm -hmm. always lose that battle. Don't fight against God. Stand still. Wait. Wait. Isn't that interesting? Read the Psalms. Wait. Wait Wait on the Lord. Yes. Wait on the Lord. Stand still, and you will see the salvation of the Lord. Seems Maybe like you're not doing nothing, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. like we we've got to be in motion. We got to be able to. I want to do something, you know. You, <laughs> right. I got to do think, something. I, gotta I do see, something. hear that in the society. Well, at least we got, we can do something. Well, doing something might be worse than not doing anything. Let me let me bring in Eva here because I think she'll end the program and wrap up. This is what I think a lot of people are struggling with when we say I'm incapable. Unable to do. Eva, what's your comment or question? How do you get over the angerness, anger, and bitterness if you did not do what you feel like God wanted you to do? 
Wow, what a question. That's another whole program, Chris. It but is. Real, it really is. real, real quick answer. None of us have perfectly done God's will. None of us have. Every single one of us. We have left undone those things we ought to have done. We've done those things we knew were wrong. Even and we, we did, Chris, the things we promised we would never do again. And we went and did them again. And here's where the gospel of Jesus Christ becomes all important. That's why Luther said, you've got to preach the gospel to yourself all the time. If it depends on us, we're sunk. We are sunk. We're all going down together. There's no difference. We've all sinned. But in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the cross, at the foot of the cross, there is forgiveness for every sin. And not just for, quote, the big sins, but for every sin, the daily besetting sins, And the only way forward, I think, is to go back day after day, moment by moment, back to the cross of Jesus Christ and confess our sins that we might be cleansed from all unrighteousness and forgiven and believe again that what God has said is true. So we're going to have to do that. And you know what else, Chris? We're going to need friends, Mm -hmm. pastors and elders, and we're going to need friends who are in a different place and just come to us and remind us of the promises of God so that when we feel like jumping ship and going overboard and giving up and chunking it all, some friend can come to us and remind us that God is good and Jesus loves us and his blood covers all of our sins, even the ones that embarrass us so much. And when we come to the cross, we find the forgiveness, the hope, and the healing that we so desperately need. I was just uh, reading a a message, a part of a message that Adrian Rogers gave about loving as Jesus loved. And it comes back, I think this fits in here, it comes back to us. And he said, grace and faith and peace. Grace, God accepts me. Faith, I accept that God accepts me. (laughs) Mm, And then peace, I accept me because I've accepted that God has accepted me. So (laughs) you do not... You don't have to live on with somebody's foot. God does not have his foot on your neck, Eva, and wants to hold you down. There's somebody else who does because God wants to do something in and through your life. And I could just tell you've seen I got anger and bitterness. That's a great place to be to see it because most people don't see it. They live, you know, with the, the overflow of it in their lives. So God bless you. I'm glad that you called today and were honest with us. Ray, you got to come back. We got to dig more into Let's to Joshua. Do it. More okay. to talk about. <laughs> and Thank you. and all the best to your team this there coming you go. Sunday, okay? Thank you. Go Chiefs. <laughs> if you go to chrisfavorylive.org, you'll see our featured resource today, Next Man Up: Building the Future God's Way. Be strong and courageous. God is with you today if you're in Christ. Thanks for listening. Chris Fabry Live's a production of Moody Radio a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.